Hey guys, welcome back. Today, let's talk about whether facts care about your feelings or whether your feelings are facts. Something to that extent. Ben Shapiro said it, I think he made it famous several years ago now on Twitter. He said, facts don't care about your feelings. Now he has several books with, with, uh, with that title, um, which I don't know how much they're paying ben, paying ben Shapiro, but it's probably not enough. How much money would you need to be paid for your book to be titled, titled Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if any of that. But uh, look, when Ben Shapiro says it, right, he's a political commentator. And I get the point in which he means it. He's yeah, political commentator. I think he's trained in it as, an, as an attorney. I think he went to law school. So when he says it from his philosophical slash law, law being a part of philosophy, when he says it from his perspective, I go, yeah, you're right. Facts don't care about your feelings. I mean, it's kind of misguided and it really indicates the split that we see in America t today, the, the split that, you know, to be, to be fair, I mean, let's get our tinfoil hats out, the, the split that, um, you know, political commentators like Ben Shapiro uh, profit from, you know, very much so. So he's not really incentivized to heal the split, but this is where the split comes from is, yeah, you're right, uh, facts don't care about your feelings, but there's this other side that has their own feelings. And in order to reconcile that, you need to at least understand where you're coming from. And hmm, maybe when you do it that way, when you communicate that way, you realize, oh, I have my own feelings too. And I just use the facts to fit, I, oh, I have my own confirmation bias. That's exact, That's essentially what this tweet says. So when Ben Shapiro says it, no big deal. But now we have a psychologist, Nicole LaPera, on Twitter saying feelings aren't facts, which is an iteration of that. So, you know, when a guy went to law school, I think, yeah, you're not capable of seeing the world in, uh, in a better way. And it, it's not wrong. It's just limited, I think. And that's fine. Whatever. But when a psychologist says it, when a therapist says it, I go, oh, this is a problem. Because that this is exactly what your job is as a psychologist, is to see how feelings are in fact facts. They are facts. They may not be a total reflection of what's true, but they also may be an indication, and we only see that when we look at you know, emotions for what they really are. Um, but yeah, if you just have this one premise, I don't care how good of a psychologist Nicole LaPere is, and she says a lot of, I think, you know, you know, accurate things on Twitter. I follow her. But if this premise is in the back of your mind, and this got a lot of retweets, a lot of likes, people love this stuff, which is why I'm talking about it, because this debate here is, it's not really a debate, it's just two people who you wouldn't think agree, agree. And how this is a reflection of just a huge problem in psychology, a, a premise with, uh, with, with which you will necessarily just completely hamper the therapy that you're able to give somebody. I, I, I don't even know if you, it's even would be considered proper therapy at that point. If, if you walk around with this premise, um, in your mind. So that's what we're going to break down here. You know, that's what we do here, right? We look at emotions, how they really work. Um, so therapy becomes simple. Just becomes simple as possible. Painful, still going to be painful. We can't take the pain out of it, nor would I want to take the pain out of it if I, or nor would I if I, want, if I uh, wanted to, if I was able to. You know what I mean. 
So we just look at your central emotional issue and then notice it. And that's all we got to do. Look at your emotional issue, figure out what it is, and just look at it. Notice it. It is really that simple, and it is also that painful. So to understand, I think, the uh, why I think this speaks to a, a huge problem in particularly psychology and the therapy, academia, psychology, the therapy industrial complex, as I'm going to keep calling it, um, huge aside there, I stopped myself. You get, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, so yeah, there's a therapy industrial complex. It indicates a problem there and how, yeah, it leads to the split in culture anyway. Um, and it's the failure to distinguish between psychology and philosophy, right? Now, what is philosophy? It is a study of reality. That's really what it is. I mean, ultimately, and all the other sciences are just iterations, are just one aspect of philosophy. There is a reality out there. Let's study it. Now, psychology is the study of man's relationship with reality because we recognize, right? Because Dostoevsky was writing these books in the 19th century about how a guy would, would be split into two and this other guy who had all these morals. I just read The Double and I'm reading The Gambler. Now, this other guy who has all these morals, he's going to be, uh, you know, an inveterate gambler. Well, wait. So clearly reality isn't this thing out there. We perceive it directly on some concrete level. We do, we must accept, uh, but our ideas can be wrong. And our ideas can be completely wrong, yet at the same time, they feel completely right. What's going on here? Well, this is psychology, right? This is where psychology comes in. Which one's more fundamental? It, they're not. It's like, you know, those, those planetary systems where like just two planets rotate around each other or two stars rotate around each other. It's, you can't have philosophy without psychology and you can't have psychology without philosophy. In, in order to study a species psychology, you would need to look at their philosophy and vice versa. So what psychology cares about that philosophy wouldn't is feelings because you know what determines our beliefs and it indicated before when I said confirmation bias is our feelings which can be neither right nor wrong, but, they, but they're there and they influence us. So yet it's true that facts out there don't care about our feelings, but what Nicola Perez says, it is, she says feelings aren't facts, that is completely false. And if Ben Shapiro said it, I would say whatever. And in fact, if Nicola Perez says something like, facts don't care about your feelings, that would be a little bit more correct, but the feelings aren't facts coming, especially from a psychologist. Did she just misspeak here and just fired off this tweet without thinking about it? Okay, maybe, but the fact that you could fire off such a tweet with tweet without thinking about it shows that you don't, that this really isn't uh, an idea that, that you have, or, or this is an idea buried in your mind. And it's not that, that there's no, arguments against this, like, like we're going to talk about today. There's no question about this. And it's such a fundamental premise that you need to get right. If you're going to be a good therapist, if you're even going to conduct what I think would technically be proper therapy. So that's the distinction, right? So if psychology cares about your feelings, 
Where do these feelings come from? Why do we have them? How are we responsible for them? To, for, to any extent, we are responsible for them. What's the situation that caused the feeling? What exactly is the feeling? It's not good or bad. Okay, fine. Those aren't feelings. What do you truly feel? And maybe you have to use a couple words. Maybe you're not that literate with your emotions, so it's, it's going to take a while, and you have to think about it. And maybe you were just lost in, you were just like some uh, coding session or some work session, and you're just a little bit tuned out, and blood's not really getting to your temporal lobes too easily, so I ain't going to think about it for a while. But, um, but, but your feelings are there, and they matter. And if your view of reality is in fact incorrect, it is only through, it will only be through an exploration of your feelings and where they're really coming from that is going to ultimately change your mind. I mean, learning facts too, but I think we, we learn facts or we learn a new argument that, that ultimately matters. I mean, this isn't the most sound argument, but I would say that ultimately matters because feelings are indicated and those facts are a new argument uh, that we learn, right? So, um, yeah, so when people believe that their feelings trump facts, what's going on here is that's a triggered complex, right? That's what a complex is. That's why I could go on and on about the therapy industrial complex. It is a... It is a neurotic way uh, of dealing with reality, of handling a problem, of figuring out a solution to a problem, which may be a mental health crisis in America, to whatever extent there is one. And so you have this complex, and it works to achieve its own ends, not to engage with reality. So it, it works to increase its size, it works to increase its funding, it works to perpetuate itself. It, it doesn't work to engage with reality or really come to a solution. That's not its purpose. You guys set up this thing that was going to have this inherently insidious, nefarious purpose, but you, the mistake was setting up the industry this way. But, um, right, so it's a complex. And we have the same, of course, we have the same complexes in our psych psychology. We have a feeling, a belief, an attitude that we work to uh, justify, that we work to aggravate, that we work to grow in spite of contradictory evidence, in spite of evidence that if we didn't have that complex, we would be able to see it clearly. And somebody else is looking at us who doesn't have that complex and he goes, uh, dude, don't you see the fact it's right there and vice versa. So. But the first guy, he'll look at the other guy who has a different kind of complex, right? We can see it in each other, but that's what therapy is. That's what therapy is, is being able to see yourself in the way that others see you. To see others see you, right? That's psychic objectivity. Um, so if you want to communicate, if you want to cultivate a better relationship with reality. Um, well, you can't do that without first recognizing that feelings are facts. It's a fact about you. It may not be a fact about reality, 
but it is a fact about you. It is a fact about who you are. And the only reason why I think a psychologist like LaPera would say your feelings aren't facts is, is they don't really understand feelings, right? They don't really understand emotions and where they come from. There's no nuanced, there's no nuanced view. We don't even try to do it. We do, most people just say, well, everybody's different and all oh, feelings are too complicated. And as long as you express them in some vague way, but usually in the way that we express them, if we don't really know what emotions are, it, it ends up being emotionalism and we end up complaining and dumping our baggage on other people and it feels awful so when we try to do it oh we just feel worse and it just creates this negative feedback loop until you have nothing left you have nothing left than to sit there with either yourself or if you're a psychologist your, your client and say, well, your facts, the facts don't care about your feelings. Your feelings aren't facts. You may feel that way, Mark. This is me talking to myself. But your feelings aren't facts. You're clearly just being a big pussy. I'm not saying I'm not being a pussy, but got to ask why. You still got to ask why. And it leads you to sit there in an argument and go, um, or excuse me, not sit there in an argument, but if if you're a, a therapist in the clinic, and you just got to be, quote, confrontational with somebody. And say, look, that's your feeling, but it's not reality. Yeah, your feeling may not be reality, but what you're doing is not therapy. And this is especially true to, to do, because on the surface, yes, your feeling is not a fact of reality. Uh, but... The thing is, when you start to understand feelings and what they are and where they come from and how we can put them under these two general subheadings of anger and anxiety, and you start to decode this and ask where, you know, figuring out more about yourself, learning about your loop, asking about where these feelings are coming from, then you start to see, oh, wait a minute. Uh, First of all, my feelings can be right and most more often than not, they are, as long as I'm in a place in my life at the time when I'm relatively connected with other people and I feel like my life is, you know, I'm not avoiding too much. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not avoiding too much. Man, what was I saying? I swear I had a really good point there. Ah, well, never mind. No, it was something about uh, feelings... Oh yeah, facts may indicate reality. Facts may, or feelings may be true. I mean, feelings are, is an intuition and intuitions are often right. That's all all I was saying. So yeah, just saying that your feelings are wrong and maybe they are wrong, but that doesn't lead to more awareness. That doesn't lead to awareness of that feeling. And your feeling may in fact be right and they can be helpful guides. You know, I wouldn't take feelings uncritically, but at the same time, I mean, if you have a feeling and it's strong, you got to figure out where that's coming from first. I mean, that may be telling you something, you know, very true about your situation and what you need to do. Um, You know, this is just... It's not just with this, it's with a lot of communication, this this disconnect between facts and feelings, between philosophy and psychology. Okay, so so for example, like somebody, so I, this has just come up several times in the past week, so I, um, 
I guess I'll just talk about it. Because I know I think we all deal with this to some degree. I know I go through this with my dad. Um, so somebody in your life is somebody who's close to you. Uh, a spouse, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, family member, close friend, whatever. Somebody is gaining weight. And they keep gaining weight. And you want to talk with them about it, right? And you want to, like, let them know in, in, in a way that conveys that, you know, you're there to support them and everything. But let's say, you say, hey, uh, Steve, I, I think you're gaining too much weight. Uh, this, you know, this could really be a problem. Like, I know this whole fat positivity thing is uh, great to a point. But after, you know, it becomes a little unhealthy and a lot sooner than you think. Not at 300 pounds, but closer to 30 pounds. So I just want to say, yeah, I mean, I'm just here to support you. And okay, this is kind of gay, but you get what I'm coming from. Just try to be nice about it. Try, you know, be honest, but be gentle. Uh, and then what? how does Steve respond? Steve goes, oh, what are you saying? Are you saying I'm not good enough to be your friend? <laughs> Are you saying you, you don't you don't like me anymore? Like we're not gonna go hunting because I'm some fat ass? Oh, you're you're saying you're too good for me. You're saying you too you're too good for this relationship. And now you say, well, hey Steve, the, the facts don't, don't care. You know your waistline doesn't care about your feelings, which is true. And it's good to maintain that if you are correct and Steve does need to lose weight and he is in fact let's just say that's objectively true. He is in fact being defensive and reacting with this complex, not with his. Uh, a unified psyche this complex that says Steve you gotta feel this certain level of comfort no matter what you gotta feel this uh, and if you stray a little bit outside you just attack it's gonna look assertive but it's really just all driven by anxiety it's just fight, fight not flight it's just a fight response it's not gonna make sense if you know if Steve has that complex, well, maybe the reality is he still needs to lose weight. But I think more importantly, you in communicating with Steve is going to be crucial for you to speak to that and not just come over top and say, "Well, whatever, idiot. I'm trying to be nice." Uh, these emotions are a part of us. Oh, and, and by the way, when you say that to Steve, you, you say it in a way for, you recognize that you do it as well. Maybe not to the same degree. Again, not making any kind of moral equivalency. It's not like a, I'm not trying to make that point, like a, you know, a postmodern moral relativism point. It's not that, but we all have that same issue. We all have complexes. And maybe part of the reason why you can't communicate with Steve is... Um, because you have your own issue you don't want to look at. So that's a, a reflection of your own complex. And, and you know, you can say, oh, it's not fair that we need to deal with emotions if we're, we should just have a philosophical argument and not deal with emotions. Um, right, okay. But if, uh, right, if I had, uh, if I had wheels, I'd be a wagon, right? That's just not our nature. We have this, we all have this It's part of communication. It's part of why we can't get healthy therapy is because we can't speak, we can't point directly to this and 
and notice how important it is and expand it out and bring awareness to it and articulate emotions and how they work and how, how precisely they're a reflection of our thoughts and vice versa. We don't do that. And that's why it seems more insurmountable than it is. I mean, this isn't a new idea. We, this is pre-Christian. It's not Christianity's fault, but Christianity expanded this distinction between emotion and reason. Like, these are two opposite things, and, and they're not. Right? They're just reflections of each other. And I really like Aristotle. You know, we think of Aristotle as like the, the king of uh, logician and king of rationality. And in a lot of ways he is. But his, his point in Poetics, he says, when communicating with an audience or anybody, it's actually disrespectful. I love that he says it's disrespectful. I don't know if that's his exact word. And obviously I didn't read it in the okay but it's a, it's effectively disrespectful to treat somebody like they don't have emotions to just treat them on a logical level that's disrespectful to who they are as a human because they have emotions they have emotions and so you, you're treating them like a robot obviously you didn't say robot but but effectively you are relegating them to the status of a robot what we would consider robots to be now if you don't speak to him like he has emotions. And I think that's a good point. And I'll leave it there. Not going to do better than Aristotle. We do free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule. Um, thank you guys. And remember that you can be both right and happy. All it takes is a little bit of communication.